Welcome to EIG's Immigration Nerds. Today I sit down with Erickson Immigration Group's Director of Client Relations and Managing Attorney, Alejandro Zapatero. As another cap season has passed, we discuss the steps individuals can take if they were not selected in this year's lottery. We address common concerns and share pathways that you can take in order to maximize your opportunities here in America. I'm Ian Gaines. Come join us Beyond Borders. So yeah, let's start there. Could you tell us what was the main differences in this year's 2020 lottery from past lottery years? Sure. So the main difference in this year's lottery was USCIS's online tool for registration and lottery selection. In years past, uh, folks would have to prepare petitions in full, mail them to USCIS to have them selected. The lottery selection process usually used to take several weeks. Then they would physically wait for a mail receipt notice to arrive or a rejected returned petition to arrive. Um, this year was different because they finally rolled out their online tool. And to my surprise, at least, it worked very well. It was pretty seamless. I would say the toughest parts of the online tool were coordinating with clients to make sure their accounts were registered properly, that they were able to review their candidate lists and essentially accept and digitally sign a G28 for representation. Um, but after all of that was squared away and our clients got used to it, which I'm sure will be easier year after year, um, the lottery process was pretty smooth. So the online registration opened on March 1st and closed on the 20th. And then notification of selection was available practically immediately online. It took USCIS about a week to do the lottery selection. But again, the notices of selection were available online right away rather than waiting for paper to come in the mail. And that was a, a big advantage. The other major change is because you now have 90 days from the selection notice to prepare and file that full application. Like I mentioned, instead of filing it on the front end, you file it after you find out you were selected in the lottery. Um, that allowed folks who had not yet completed their master's degree by April 1st to submit their application under the master's cap of the lottery and then wait for degree completion, which some of them to this day uh, are still waiting um, to actually prepare the petition and submit same with a copy of their diploma. Got it. So let's say I'm an applicant and I went online to, to check my status. I had my fingers crossed, hoping for the best, but I was not selected. What options do I have? Um, so that largely depends on what your current status is and what your current situation is. So okay. to run through, I guess we can run through them. I was going to say, yeah, exactly. To run through some of those options, um, most people who apply for the H-1B cap lottery are often F-1 students. So students who are um, international and living in the U.S. Um, after you graduate from your student F-1 student program, mm -hmm. most folks are eligible for 12 months of optional practical training, OPT. Um, and that is employment that has to be related to your course of study. Um, there are important filing deadlines for F1 OPT that you should keep in mind if, if you find yourself in this situation. So first, um, as early as 90 days prior to your program end date, you can apply for OPT, but no later than 60 days post your program end date. And then for folks who are on F1, as they know, the form I-20 is really what controls your status. So within 30 days of your designated school officer, your DSO, um, giving you an approved I-20 with OPT approval and giving you the recommendation, you have to file your OPT application. 
So similarly, a lot of folks who have been submitted under the lottery already have OPT. So those folks who are in STEM degree programs, so science, technology, engineering, and math, can also avail themselves of an additional 24 months of optional practical training or work authorization. It's important to note that you can file your STEM extension as early as 90 days prior to when your current OPT expires, but no later than the current expiration date. Okay. So the number one thing I say to folks is if you weren't selected in the lottery is check your OPT. And if you can apply for a STEM extension, be sure to do it before your OPT expires. Mm-hmm. Um, what about uh, H4 visas? Good question. So if your spouse is already on an H1B visa themselves and you can be on an H4 as their dependent, that's what an H4 visa is. Mm-hmm. Um, presuming your spouse already has an approved I-140, you can apply for work authorization as their dependent. So whatever status you're currently in, um, you would need to switch to H-4 and then immediately file for an EAD card, an employment authorization document, um, by virtue of your relationship to your H-1B spouse. Mm -hmm. And if I'm uh, very exceptional and my talents are are needed, if I'm in uh, O-1, Mm -hmm. is there any options? So to get into O1, you have to be exceptional, Ian, which of course you are. Um, so oh, a person who is an O1 you. visa is called the that. Extraordinary yeah. Ability Visa. Um, and that's mm-hmm. a very high bar. It sounds high because it is, it's hard to achieve. Um, it's typically not appropriate for recent graduates or folks who are typically going against the H1B the first time. Um, but for some PhD graduates, you can certainly qualify. Um, there are several criteria that you need to meet, including like... Um, having a very high salary, publication of your work, um, being the judge of the work of others, or being awarded a national or internationally recognized um, award. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is tough to do. It's certainly for like the top, you know, 3% of a given field, mm-hmm. um, but it is it is a possible option. Right, right. Um, so if I'm an applicant who uh, has worked at an overseas office, does that change any of my abilities or eligibilities? Yes, it could. So the L1 visa is the intercompany transfer visa, and it's available to those who have worked for an entity abroad for one full year out of the last three years. So if you find yourself in the U.S., you've applied for an H-1B cap lottery and you didn't get it, and your employer has offices or entities abroad, and they're willing to relocate you or move you abroad for a year, you can always come back on the L1 visa, either as an L1A for an executive or manager or L1B as a specialized knowledge employee. Um, it's not a short term or a quick solution, obviously, because of that one year bar. And it's important to note that any time spent in the U.S. would be deducted from that one year calculation. Um, but it is an option for company for folks who work for companies that are multinational. Got it. So it seems that this year was a more seamless process since we have uh, the online tools that was implemented and just overall more uh, efficient process. Uh, we, we assume that will continue in the future, correct? Definitely. I would say that the new process uh, saved a lot of trees, a lot mm-hmm. of paper from yep. not being prepared, filed, and ultimately shredded for applications that weren't selected. Um, I also would say it saved a lot of people heartache for how long in the past we've had to wait to mm. find the lottery selection um, didn't take nearly as long this time. Um, and then I would say the additional opportunities of folks being able to file an application under the master's cap when in the past they wouldn't have. So in the past, because the application had to be essentially receded by USAS the first week of April, right. if you got your master's degree in May, which most people do graduate in May, um, they they weren't able to avail themselves of that uh, 
additional lottery selection. Mm-hmm. And with the new online tool it and, and that 90 day window to prepare and file the petition, that sort of changed the game for folks, which is great. Um, another of the visa types I thought we could talk about really quick, Ian, mm-hmm. that, that folks might avail themselves of if they weren't uh, selecting the lottery okay, sure. is the TN. Right. So if you're a Mexican or Canadian national and you're in a position that is under the narrow job classification list on the NAFTA treaty, you could qualify for a TN visa during this time while you're waiting for the H-1B cap lottery. Similarly, if you're an Australian national, and if you already qualified for the H-1B cap, you could probably pursue the E-3 visa as an alternative. So it's the same specialty occupation requirements as an H-1B, but the filing can be lodged either with USCIS directly or at your local U.S. embassy or consulate. So there's other types of visas that Mexicans, Canadians, and Australians can avail themselves of if the lottery didn't work out for them this year. Great. Uh, So looking ahead, looking forward, how can applicants be ready and prepared for next year's lottery. Obviously, this is a long time away, but uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people who are eager and want to put all their ducks in a row now. So what could they do? So the lottery registration will open again in the beginning of March, just like it did this year. So the main thing that folks can do, aside from ensuring their work authorization between now and then, is ensuring that they're on the list for their current employer to have an H-1B cap filed. So we have lists already for all of our clients of folks who either were not selected in this year's lottery um, or who've just onboarded with the company and know they need an H-1B cap in the coming year. So just make sure that you reach out to your uh, HR or global mobility representative at your company so that you're on the list. And so that when it gets close to registration time, so probably January of next year, when we start putting those uh, online registrations together, that you'll be included in that count. Thank you to lead researcher Con Branch, assistant producers Luke Bianco and David White, and music by Brandon Williams. Follow Immigration Nerds on Twitter at IMMNerds and Erickson Immigration Group on LinkedIn to join in the conversation. I'm Ian Gaines. See you next week.